Welcome everybody. Crawl into your interior cave and listen to the hermit and his wife, where we talk spirituality, parenting, Catholicism, inside and out. No, you just say. To the hermit <laughs> and his wife and his wife and his wifey. Uh, well, back for round two. They came back for more. Yeah. Some of them. Some of them did not. Way to go. They fled for the uh, hills. That's perseverance. That's really good. <laughs> fortitude. Okay. Fortitude. It's a real virtue. We. That's our crowd. The the fortitude is crowd. People with fortitude. That's right. What are we gonna talk about today, Anthony? Uh, what do you think? I think vocation. 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 Do 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 do. Sounds very like. Extremely important, but we had lots of questions from people not only about how we discerned our vocation of being marriage to each other But our vocation as both being attorneys me not being a practicing attorney you mean Fabulous attorney that you are Private. Me working for bus is she that kind of stuff. So maybe I don't know is it more interesting to start with our vocation to each other than like boring lawyer stuff. I mean fascinating lawyer stuff what do you think? I think that, uh, well, yeah, I think we should start with, I mean, what is what is vocation? It comes from vocation. the Latin word vocare, which means to call. Uh, and I, I think that usually when people, like within the Catholic world, when people are talking about vocation, usually they're thinking of vocation to the priesthood yeah. or religious life. So, which is fair, uh, but that's sort of a, a, a that's sort of a narrower... Um, understanding of, of the term vocation. V! <laughs> v! Archbishop Vigano, v. v. Then there's still there's big V. Right, big little v, v. Little V. Variation um, on the size of V. So, I, I, I guess, I don't know, I, I, I guess my thought is, um, you know... Well, you with, discern actively both vocations. That's right. And landed on one, thankfully. That's right. Well, I think, I, I think... Uh, probably the best the best uh, approach here would be to understand vocation in the sense of what is God calling you to um, as a state of in life? Mm. So it could be to the priesthood, it could be to the religious life, it could be to the married life, but it's a state in life. So I think what that, does that mean to find your by state in life. State in life means you know it's not just it's not just a job uh, like, oh, okay. like being a lawyer, but yeah. Like you're like you have a you're married, you've exchanged right. vows, you've you've made right. promises as a priest or you know whatever. Yeah. So, so I think that's really important because that gives you the context in which you're going to act and mm -hmm. you know figure out well what's the next step you know for because even if you're called to the priesthood, I mean you're called to do something specific, but in order to get to those specific things, you have to be in that state. Um, to throw out another, yeah. throw out another phrase. Uh, act follows being. Act follows, act follows being. being. Who's that from? That's another St. Thomas Aquinas quote. Thomas Aquinas. It might be Aristotle too. I, I don't know. <laughs> We're gonna chalk it up to St. Thomas Aquinas. <laughs> but act follows being. So you Don't know, sue us. Certain acts are proper to depending on your state in life. Mm -hmm. So, like within, you know, you have to be married first in order to, you know, be married pro properly. Right. The, the, here's, but here's an important question though. So I've spoken to like discernment houses. There's a wonderful discernment house for women here in the Archdiocese of Minneapolis, St. Paul. And before I went to go and give my talk with them and eat dinner and enjoy an evening, you had said to me, remember, what did you say? Something like vocation is 
is specific. Like vocation yeah. is specific. Okay. So when you say like, I feel like I'm called to marriage, that's like, okay, you're kind of getting in the ballpark, but you're only called to marriage to like a specific person. How does that work? Yeah. And then what if you married if you like missed the missed the mark? Well, I, I, I guess I, I, I guess how do, you, how do you grapple with that? Yeah, one of the ways I think about it is you're not called to the abstract. You're not mm -hmm. called to you can have a like an interest, an attraction, or an inclination, you know, to well, to be a hermit. You know, I which is I still love you know, who doesn't want to be alone with you know with with God, to be alone well, with you alone. I mean I'd love to be alone with God, but I don't like being alone. That's why I'm the addendum here in this podcast. Oh boy. No, but but you're not you're not you're not called to the abstract. You're called okay. to something specific. So, um, you know, so some guys, for instance, when I when I was in the seminary, um, there were some guys who they decided that they um, that God was not calling them to to become priests, and um, in the way they they went about it was they thought, oh, I I I'm called I'm called to the married life, and mm -hmm. so. Um, I, but you can't put the cart before the horse. I mean, that's that's a fair thing. But there's, I, th I think there's some important considerations there. One is, if you have an inclination to to the priesthood or to the religious life, you should examine that and you should answer that question yes or no first before mm -hmm. you know. So binary. It's like a binary setup here. Yeah. So if you're like if you're in the seminary or or uh, considering the religious life. While you're there, you're not trying to examine. Well, am I really called to the married life? I mean, you're that, not dating Jesus and um, yeah, you, yeah, that. yeah. You don't want to have a you know a split, um, a, you know a split a split heart, so to speak. You wanna you wanna be able to answer that question. And if and if the answer to that is no, then you can move on to the you know to the next step. Mm -hmm. So you have to answer that question mm -hmm. first. But then you know getting into um, can I ask Back, a question? Oh, yeah. How sorry. do you answer that question for you? Yeah. You, you, do you had been in Notre Dame, you were running, you were there, and then you discerned to the diocesan seminary, which I feel like is still lucky because you stayed at Notre Dame. You definitely would have married some cute domer, let's be honest. And then you discerned, you know, to the FSSP, and then you discerned to, like, you had clear discernment. Sometimes people stay in one place and they don't discern to the next stage, but you were moving. There's a lot of movement in your path. How did you discern along the way? Um, well, God works in concrete ways um, within our lives. And so people you meet, uh, conversations you have, even books, even books that you read, ex different experiences you have, and it's all sort of woven together, right? So um, I, I had read uh, Thomas Merton's Seven Story Mountain, which is his autobiography. Uh, it's, a very it's a very interesting book. He, had, uh, he, was a, he was an atheist and then uh, eventually converted to Catholicism, um, and then ended up becoming a, a Trappist monk, and and um, kind of a wild ride. Yeah, it's 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 very interesting. But the way that he uh, and he sort of, I mean, I'm not like sort of putting a stamp of approval on you know everything Thomas Merton. Um, yeah, he went pretty crazy at the end. There. He, uh, end. yeah, I, I mean, there's some questionable things there. So, but. But his autobiography is a really beautiful story, and but the way he talked about prayer, um, it, it was just it was incredible because you know like trying to give yourself to God, trying mm -hmm. to open yourself completely to God and make that the focal point of your, of your life. That was what really attracted me. And I got you. yeah, but mm -hmm. uh, my spiritual director though, um, 
Boy, I'm really talking a lot about myself. Is I, that's the point. Sorry, that's the point. this is not we meant to be know. narcissistic. I it's not, but I ask you. I hope there's some helpful questions. points no, here. I'm okay. I'm asking you. Um, but my spiritual director, um, I, I was pretty young at the time, and uh, 17, 18, and um, there were, it wasn't really the right time uh, to go to a religious community, and so uh, the Nyasim priesthood, I mean, I thought, well, you know, I mean, that maybe that is for me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I sort of, uh, it took that step in conjunction with, you know, um, consultation with my spiritual director. So, but that's a, it's, you know, it's a specific person. Mm -hmm. It's, and you're trying to figure it out, you know, in, in the silence of your heart. And, and you sort of have a sense of, um, you sort of have a sense of peace about something. If you, I mean, you're going to know if, when it's time to take a step or when yeah. it's, when it's time to, uh, or, or, you know, or stay where you are. Um, and uh, you never want to make a decision when you're in a time of sort of disquietude and your soul is, you know. You feel like you had to have like, like peace followed prayer to move from yeah. place to place and then to discern. Yeah, because how old, you were how old when we got married? I was 30. You were 30. I was 30. And, I, and you weren't really, like you were kind of thinking maybe you weren't going to get married. Yeah. So for any anybody who's out there, I I mean, I, like truly, I, I had I had looked at a you know a number of different religious communities and uh, realized it, it wasn't for me uh, as as much as I you know appreciate that way of life and uh, incorporate certain aspects even now into into my own life. Hermit um, <laughs> life. Um, I think that you well I, I i had i had come to sort of accept uh i had lots of nieces i had lots of nieces and nephews and so i have sort of accepted the idea of i would be like crazy uncle anthony like <laughs> drive a red convertible <laughs> get them lots of gifts you know like single and just you know sort that's of, where you're pretty sure you were gonna be yeah, yeah I, which is interesting yeah so um I, that was sort of what i had accepted so to speak um but uh, along the way, I did, you know, I, I met you and oh, me. you, spe oh, you specifically, me. <laughs> um, and, um, so in, in trying to discern, am I, am I, are we supposed to be married? You know, yeah. is that, is that what God is calling us to? Is that going to be, um, uh, my path to sanctification? Because your, your state in life is 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 intrinsically bound up with your um your sanctification and whether or not you know break that down you, so you, your journey to becoming a saint right when you say your sanctification what do you mean by that so you know god wants you he wants us he wants everybody god wants us. he wants us it's an amazing he thing does. that's true, that's true. Um, he's calling you to something very specific he wants you to reach uh, eternal beatitude and experience that, but you, everybody comes with, you know, kind of their own dispositions and Different inclinations and, yeah. and, and things like that. So the experiences that you're going to have, you know, uh, the virtues that you're going to develop, if, you know, that's going to be different, you know, for the married life is much different than, you know, being a hermit. Uh, there's, there's, many fun? different many different challenges that <laughs> different challenges that, that come it with is. it it is um, very different than being a hermit um so but you you're so you're not trying to discern in the abstract so mm, that's an interesting way to put it it's it's specific it's you're a specific someone, person you're saying right. if this is the person 
you're wrestling with that. You're looking at your wounds, their wounds, your strengths, their weakness. Like you're, you're evaluating how you're going to fit together and face life stuff. Yeah, that's right. And it's um, a hard evaluation process. I mean, it's not like, for some people, though, I've heard from some people like, oh, I just knew the moment I met him. Some of these older couples in my life, they're like, we just knew. We were high school sweethearts. We just knew. But I think especially for people, millennials and younger, there's just, um, all, there are so many, so many factors that go into discerning vocation that it's not necessarily a straight shot. No, that's true. Uh, I had a sort of long and, and windy route and everybody has their own, everybody has their own story. And you've got, you know, you've got your own story. And, do I? Um, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're just having a lot of fun. The kids are downstairs. God knows what they're doing before we're actually talking to each other. It's pretty good. It is amazing. Yeah. Well. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. We're just waiting for someone to start crying. Yeah. It's fine. Um, what about, so that's, that's like, it's so helpful for people to hear a little bit of your background and your discernment, you know, through discerning the priesthood, discerning being a hermit, discerning marriage, um, so it's just, it's just interesting. I always love hearing other people's stories because it helps inform my own. So thanks for sharing yours. Yeah, I, you know, just to sort of underscore a, a few things. One is, uh, like, if you think that you're called to uh, the religious life, that's wonderful. But you have to sort of narrow the focus. I mean, you're you're looking for yeah. a specific community. You know, right? You're not called to. Uh, you might think, oh, I, I love, I love the, I don't know, the Benedictines. Or the Carthusians, but if you go to a particular community and and they're crazy, uh, or <laughs> crazy. well, then you know, and you know it's not going to work. Well, well, then you know, then you know. <laughs> you yeah. might, you know, I well, maybe God's maybe, maybe God's, God's asking you to, you to be crazy. there, but um, but you're gonna you're gonna get a sense of these things. So yeah, it's not okay. well. I'm I meant to be a Benedictine, and I'm just sort of like trying to find you know that. It's like well. I think I might be called to the Benedictines, but I have to find, I mean, you're, you know, yeah. the, the community you're called to. You think you might be called to the married life. You're not for sure. Um, and you haven't met the, you know, the one. The love of your life. Oh. <laughs> so. That's really interesting. So, I, you know, I, I think there can be a tendency for, uh, for, for Catholics, uh, especially to sort of have this sense of, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm called to the married life. And they sort of have a checklist, you know, of characteristics they're looking for. Oh, I want, I want, yeah. I want her to be like this. I want him to be like that. I want, you know, and if they don't, oh, no, you didn't hit, you know, my top ten requirements. No, it, 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 it can't be you. Well, I, I mean, I don't think that's the way to go about it. I don't think you have to have a, you know, like a preconceived list or whatever. And you're not. Um, that's sort of um, you have to appreciate, especially if you're thinking about uh, married life. You're looking at a person, you know, it's not, they're not there to just like fit your list. Mm, they're you're, not there to fit your list. I like that. Yeah. So, um, anyway. Yay. <laughs> you married me. I fit your list. You're not list list. Thanks be to God. Poor kids. I was looking leader. for someone who was very quiet. Very mild mannered. No uh, opinions. Yeah. No opinions. Not bossy. Um, <laughs> here you are here I am the Lord provided for you um, well, let's shift gears a little bit I want to talk about what we do for work before we wrap up because I think people a lot of people's questions are about like how do you figure what you want to do for work um, uh, for me that was going you know I talked about this in our first video being an English major going on to law school um, and trying to figure out well what am I going to do with this degree 
And then when you intermesh family, it all just becomes more complex because if you're blessed with children, you know, you're figuring out like, well, whose, whose career is going to be primary and whose career is going to be tertiary. So even secondary, not third, sorry. <laughs> it's going to be like first and third, um, whether that's a husband or the wife, whose, uh, whose hours come first, you know, like if you're both working and the kids are sick at daycare, or the kids are sick at school, like who's on the call list, like kind of figuring out that hierarchy goes, or, you know, what's our student debt situation like? Are one of are one of us is one of us going to stay home, um, and so many of the unknowns that come along with family life. So when we got married, we were we were hoping to have kids, and I think in the back of my mind, I always thought like, well, when we have kids someday, I want to be at home with them. And then four months into being married, we were pregnant with James, our oldest, and then it became really real. It no longer was like, oh, someday I'll stay home with a brood of small children, like. You know, like the sound of music, like they'll all be gathered around me with instruments and let's have this wonderful time. Like, no, I was throwing up constantly, incredibly sick. And the reality of, okay, there's a person inside me growing. And when this person comes out, somebody's going to be taking care of this person. Forever, so what's this going to look like? So my transition from practicing law to staying home was much harder than I thought. I think for a lot of people who have to make that transition in their life, it is because my identity was... I worked so hard in law school. I was managing under the law review. I had my law review note published. I clerked for a federal judge. Now the economy is really bad, but I do have these work opportunities that I'm taking. And this is who I am. I'm like an achiever and a doer. And being a mom with a tiny infant, you're, everything that I did after James was born, and I, I switched to small, small practice part-time working from home, everything I did was so invisible. You know, Anthony would come home and I'd be wearing the same dirty clothes and the baby would still be like needing to nurse and cry. None of the work of those, especially those early years of motherhood are, none of that work is amazing and flashy and, and like so full of praise for the world. It's, it's like rinse, repeat, which is so incredibly meaningful, but it's such a hidden meaning. Yeah. And that was really hard. That was a big adjustment for me. I remember one instance dropping you off in downtown Minneapolis or bringing something to you at work and driving home down past all of these plazas where all these beautiful women with their lattes and their heels and their briefcases were walking into their buildings and I was wearing an oversized shirt that had probably nursing stains on it and the babies in the back of the car just crying. Like I was just crying like, oh my gosh, Anthony's going into an office to do important things in the law. No offense for the scarce quotes that I'm doing. But, and I'm going home to like have the baby need me constantly. Uh, it's a big shift. It's a big shift. And then even when we were pregnant with our second, I finally stopped practicing altogether because of how sick I was. Is it? It was a big shift. And to try to find meaning in what you're doing in your vocation, in what you're actually called to do in the everyday, took many years of complaining and asking for more grace and and struggling and trying to remember my identity isn't in what I do. Like even yours. Yeah. Like you're a partner in a law firm. Point. Way to go. You're in your early forties. You're like rocking it, doing so great. But that's not your identity it's yeah. what you do and it's wonderful and you're using your gifts and talents and you're providing for our family and that's great but that that to like uh, to separate out those two in calling in vocation um it was quite a trip for me so then when i was gosh, charlie was a couple months old our third was maybe four or five months old someone had added me my friend nancy vanzek added me to this facebook group that jenny Gizar was running it's like a mommy blogging group. I've been blogging since our oldest was a baby. And she said, hey, I think I'm going to start this thing where we do like devotions and like, is anybody interested? It'd be like a daily email. And I was like, oh my gosh. 
this sounds like this is my skill set. This sounds like a, like things I'm able to do, writing, editing, leading a team, managing stuff. Oh my gosh, please pick me. So the rest is history. It just took off. Well, it's been a blessing to be part of it. Yeah. We can talk, and we'll go like more in depth on like what we do in a different episode, but just to discern like what doing what's in front of you, these opportunities will arise. You don't always have to stridently seek them out. If I had been like, I want to find a woman who's going to start a thing and then I'm going to, it could have had, it only could have happened organically. No, that's a, that's a really great point that you're touching on there is that, um, there's different opportunities presented at different times. So within mm. within your vocation, like your primary vocation is, you know, your state in life. So let's say you're married, right? Okay, you're married. Great. Right. Then there's different there's different stages in life. So what are you asked to do? What is God asking you to do within that vocation? So, you know, even you know, as far as children goes, where are you going to live and opportunities present themselves at different times so you know you had that opportunity years into you know several years into marriage yeah. uh and it's not something that you could force it wasn't something you know you weren't even necessarily like banging down doors it just it's sort of you know one thing led to another and that's i think one of the beautiful things about divine providence is that you never know uh when god is going to ask you to do something and all these different experiences that that you've had in life or that you know right. that you've had in life they like you can't i, I mean you know you can't were orchestrate a, it you can't orchestrate it you no. were uh you know help put together like a poetry journal right when you were yeah, when you were in college yeah, so true. you know that helped you when you were you know working on on law review and then that helped you know lead the team of blessed is she you know for the for the writer so all these you know, all these different things um, sort of culminate and then you're ready. So even if something seems like it's a, it's a wasted experience, it's... Nothing's wasted, though. It's it's not. Nothing's I, I think wasted. That, I think that... Uh, I think it was Eisenhower, Dwight Eisenhower, the president. He was he was assigned to, uh, to France and um, he, you know, like doing maps and, and different things and it was sort of a he thought ah oh, this is kind of a this is kind of a waste of time and but uh, was it but it was it because it, it turned out he got to know the you know the land so well and um right. maybe i'm maybe this is complete maybe i even <laughs> the wrong person i don't know we'll pretend uh, it's eisenhower we're just gonna <laughs> credit eisenhower here but i mean you just you, you never know and and fast forward so it's like it's it's like it's like in your toolbox but but God asks different things at different times, and it's not stagnant. That's the beautiful thing: is just because you're doing something now, uh, doesn't mean you're going to do that for the rest of your life. You know, within within your vocation. So, right. like maybe you're going to do, maybe you're a lawyer for a while, and then you segue to something else, or um, you know, maybe you add on new new things. Maybe I, I don't know. It just it, it just depends, and you, get, you kind of get a sense of that when. Mm -hmm. You know when when God is presenting an opportunity for you, you can't you, you don't have to say yes to everything, um, but you have to you know you want to prayerfully consider it. So well, I think we can view things as like a failure. Like, well, I failed all the way until I got to this point, but you wouldn't have gotten to that point if you hadn't had all those experiences. Whether it's dumb jobs or dumb relationships or times where you made so many mistakes, you fell into your habits of sin, like all of those things. Like God can use all of that. He does use all of that to help us continue to grow and blossom in our big V vocation, big V, and our little V, um, to not be anxious about, I'm not where I wanted to be at this age. I thought at this age, I'd, I'd be in this spot, I'd be married, I'd be successful, quote unquote, whatever that means. 
um, to remember that do what you're doing well and continue to watch and look for opportunities because then they'll come. Like you'll, if you're watching for things, then you'll see them when they arise. But good stuff will happen. Good stuff is coming. Even in these crazy times, God will make good even out of this. Yeah, it's God's time timetable. God's time not around. All right, what's your last bit of advice? Um, last wrap up on vocation. I, th I, th I think the most important thing is, is to say yes to God. Is, Ooh, I love that. Is to just, is, is to be open, mm -hmm. is to be open to him. God wants you. He doesn't want, you know, he doesn't want like a set of accomplishments and all these different things. He wants you. And if you consistently, every day, if, if you're, you know, if your disposition is you're trying to offer yourself to God, um, you, you will, you will end up, you will be who you're supposed to be. You're going to do what God wants you to do. And that like, that's the that. most, that's the most important thing. So like when you're considering your vocation, think of it through the lens of how can I best serve God? What's my way to sanctification? And sometimes it can seem a little, <laughs> it can seem a little crazy, but uh, you'll get a sense of it. So just open yourself to God and, and give yourself to God every, every day. And just ask um, for lots of help from friends, family, God, people on the internet. <laughs> 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 All right, that's it. We'll see you next time.